What's up, Purpose Finders? Archie Lewis here again, and welcome to episode two of the Discovering Purpose podcast, all right? A lot of cool stuff's been in the works right now, and you're all going to be seeing it soon, but as far as this episode and episodes to come, uh, we're planning on having everything being on both video platforms as well as audio platforms. That way you can have uh, multiple views and seeing of how these podcasts actually go about working and the fun stuff that you don't typically get to see because usually it's just audio. So uh, without further ado, episode two is going to be Joy Lewis. And yes, she's my sister, but she is a self-starter, somebody that's worked her butt off to get to where she needed to get to. And I really think you all are going to enjoy having a different perspective on how somebody ended up betting on themselves and the hardships they went to to find their purpose and not only just to find it, but to just work through it, live it and to give as much effort as they can to obtain it. So with that being said, we'll drop this music and get episode two going. Joy. Um, people know me as Madame Yatir. I'm the owner of the clothing brand Yatir Clothing. Um, I'm excited to be on the podcast today, share a little bit about my journey and how I, you know, found my purpose. So, so dope, dope. So just to start us off, it's something that I always ask everybody before we get into it. So what does purpose mean to you? Um, purpose to me is something that I don't think it's something that you necessarily know that you're meant to do, but once you you know, I feel like once you go through life experiences, you reach it. Um, I know for me, my personal kind of definition of purpose is, you know, something that's meant to help other people and serve other people. Um, so something that I do to be of service to, you know, the masses or people that can relate to what I'm doing. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So your big deal is going about like helping other people. That's mm-hmm. always big. Uh, one big thing that I was really just curious about just because I know there's other listeners on here that are probably going through the same journey. But for somebody who, I mean, decided that college wasn't their route, you know, how did you go about figuring out how to do everything or, or get to where you were trying to get to without even doing, without doing college? I mean, essentially just bet on yourself. How was that process? Um, well, for me, I kind of knew early on once I started college that it wasn't for me. But of course, I kept going because, you know, our parents wanted us to. <laughs> so um, I eventually just was like, you know, I know what I want to do. And we have the resources available to us, you know, thanks to the Internet um, and being able to reach out to other people and ask them questions. So I was like, I'd rather go this route and be like, you know, hands on, um, you know, research the information for what I want to do and actually work hands on. Um, so I was kind of, you know, lucky or blessed enough to get into positions within the field that I wanted to be in and, you know, kind of learn and work with some pretty cool companies and kind of build my knowledge that way. Kind of like I called it getting paid to learn. That was my college was working for these, you know, larger companies that are already where I want to be and, you know, learning that way. Yeah. So you got hands on experience with it. Huh? Yeah. So like how difficult was that process though? I mean, doing the the pay to learn because I know nowadays it's kind of hard to get a decent job at all without like a college degree. So like, how was that process? Um, well, for me, when I went in and when I actually got the interviews with these people and these companies, 
um, for me, it was just, you know, kind of selling myself and kind of like telling them like, you know, okay, I'm knowledgeable. Like, yeah, I didn't go to college, but like, I know this, I know that. Um, and I'm able to come in and show you, you know, what I can do, even though I didn't have the degree. It was just being able to go in and, you know, show what I knew and what I could do to better their companies. And, you know, the owners of the businesses kind of like trusting me and trusting, you know, the conversation that we had like during my many interviews and just trusting me to come in and do what I said I would be able to do. So. Trusting that you'd be able to do what you say you could do. And how did you actually get to the point to where you were able to like be that competent within like the fashion industry? Um, I do a lot of research. I would go like get library books. You know, I'm always on YouTube or Google researching and kind of, you know, picking up like different things and techniques and making sure I'm up on, you know, the trends and stuff. So I'm very big on like doing my own research. Um, I say for people, even if you do go to college, you still have to learn. The learning doesn't stop once you graduate. Um, so it's just me constantly, you know, being willing and open to learn. So. No, that's a big point you hit there. I mean, that whole aspect of being a forever learner is huge. I mean, whether you're in that industry or, I mean, in any industry. So, I mean, if you don't have that forever learner mindset or that growth learner mindset at all, it's not really going to shape up for you. So, I mean, you're talking about the fashion industry and everything. What actually led you to, like, get into the fashion industry to begin with? Um, well, we, of course, kind of grew up around it. Our parents were always having fashion shows and stuff like that. Um, so we were around clothing and around fashion. I just liked how it was a way to express yourself without having to say much. Um, I was always drawing clothes. Like I even found like my old notebooks from when I was a kid and I had like sketches in there. So I think it was something that I was just always interested in. Um, and like I just wanted to create. Like I see fashion as a way to express myself. I'm not a huge talker. Um, so even if you look at my shirts now, the sayings are kind of stuff that, you know, I come up with. <laughs> so it's kind of me expressing myself through fashion and, you know, kind of putting my ideas and my thoughts about what's going on in the world out there through like what I'm wearing. Yeah, so world, if you don't know my sister, she is a very, very quiet, quiet person. Like getting her to talk is crazy. The fact that she's even on here and talking, <laughs> it's a blessing, everybody. <laughs> But you said something that's actually really cool. So the fact that you said you found your voice through fashion, how'd you figure out like that that was your voice? Like how, how did that process come about? Um, I don't, I'm not even sure. It was just like a creative outlet. I've always been into like clothes and wearing crazy stuff and wearing colors. So for me, I don't know, it was just like a way for me to express myself. I don't even know how to answer that question truthfully. It's just something that I, I just kind of picked up on and noticed like, okay, I can express myself this way. And I just went with it. Hmm. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, for folks listening, this is new for me too, because I didn't know that's how she went about like expressing herself. I've known her for a bajillion years. <laughs> but it's cool to hear the fact that you use that as an outlet to actually get your voice. And I feel like that's something that's like hard for people to find because me personally, I go look back at my life. I don't know what I would personally say was what I used to find my voice because I'm kind of vocal myself. But uh, I think it might have been initially sports because you figure out like, yo, this is one thing that I'm good at and I could use this to tell my own story and make my own path. But you've used clothes. 
and like the fashion industry to do that for yourself. So that's actually really dope. Like I, I've never heard this perspective. I get a fresh take on this one, y'all. <laughs> so you were talking about your, your name for your, your company here or Madam, you said your name was Madam Yatir. I know your clothing company is called Yatir Clothing. All right. What inspired that name? Like, give me the, the story behind that one. Um, well, we're at church one Sunday, Abundant Living, if you know about it. <laughs> we were there and Pastor Diego was preaching a message on like the pinnacle and reaching the highest point of success. Um, and the word that he used um, during that message was Yatir, which means pinnacle. And it's a Hebrew word. And once I heard it, I was just like, you know, that's it. That's the name of my brand. Because um, I feel like that's what most people are striving for. You know, what, however they define success, they're reaching, they're reaching to reach that level of success. So I just kind of fell in love with the name and took that and worked with it. So. Hmm. That's dope. And like, so yeah, tears the pinnacle at this point up till now, like with building the brand, where, where are you seeing yourself at like now? And what's the, what's the ambition for the next like five to 10 years for the, for the company? Um, the next five years, I would, of course, love to grow and do more cut and sew more than just t-shirts, even though I kind of did that before, but I kind of backtracked due, due to the pandemic um, to just doing t-shirts again. Um, but I eventually want to have, you know, more, you know, items available, more than just for women eventually. Um, and I also want to be able to have a center for women that want to start a brand or start a business or start, you know, whatever to come in and get that assistance. Um, because I know it's not that easy and not everybody wants to go to college or has the money to go to college. So I want them to be able to come in and get that help and assistance. So kind of like a help center for, you know, like women that are interested in, you know, starting their own business or side hustle. Um, so in the next five years, that's something that I really want to incorporate more into the brand. It's something I already kind of do um, since I started doing freelance work a few years back is, you know, helping, you know, women get their businesses together. So that's something I want to like expand on. Um, and just being able to give back more and have opportunities for people, you know, to come in and, you know, work and, you know, build themselves up. So you're talking about this whole big passion of like helping others, specifically helping women. Like what does, what is that desire? Where does that, that passion, where does that purpose come from? Um, because I feel like only women can really relate to each other <laughs> because yeah. even in like different industries, even the fashion industry is very male driven, even though it's mostly, you know, women's clothing, it's driven by males. And I think there's um, power and women coming together. Um, so that's kind of where my passion for it came from. And also from me working everywhere I worked, I worked with other women. And even within that, I was helping them start their side hustles and businesses. And I kind of kind of like grew a love for it, kind of empowering women to, you know, like start their own thing and not waiting on, you know, them to get married or find a man to help them do it. It's kind of like, okay, you can do this on your own. You don't have to wait. So. Okay. So it's like the full aspect of like empowering women to get the stuff done that they want to get done. Like I don't need no help from nobody. I could. Yeah. Like, the help is okay, but you shouldn't be depending on that. Yeah. Or waiting for it. You can start like where you are and just build from there. And if somebody comes along the way to help, then okay, cool. But you didn't wait for them to start it. So, I mean, a lot of things that you're saying er, that I'm hearing from you now is like you being a self-starter and you figuring out things on your own. How difficult is it for you yourself to actually go about asking for help from others or reaching out to others? Because, yeah, it's great being a self-starter. Like, I, I know how you operate. You know how I operate with things. Like, I don't tend to ask for help. Like, it's, it, I suck at asking for help most times. 
but like how how have you grown to actually learn to to ask for help or get advice or seek out others like feedback yeah um, that's very it's still very difficult for me now but i've learned that there's growth that happens when you allow people to help and you can't always do everything on your own um, because in a way you're holding yourself back so i try to like if i know somebody's good at something that i'm not good at i'll reach out and say okay like what's your perspective on this or could you help me with this could i pay you to do this for my brand that i can't do you could probably do better um so it's just me learning that me trying to do everything on my own is kind of standing in my own way and stopping my own progression um, because we can't do everything like yeah when you're starting out you might not have the funds to do it but sometimes people will volunteer their time like if they trust in your vision and like you know what you're doing so it's just like finding people that you can trust that you know will be willing to help so it's still hard for me to reach out for help but it's something that i know is beneficial okay yeah so you've grown in that aspect i mean no i i hear you just because i mean asking for help is is tough to do like nobody wants to be that person that's like weak or looked at as like i can't do this by myself yeah but you can't see it as a weakness because it's actually it's more of a strength than anything because it's helping you grow so that you can eventually help other people so it's like you have to change the way you view it and like your mindset of asking for help yeah no i agree with you and like that's something that i mean i picked up on that myself once i actually got to college and like got into undergrad and grad school and reaching out to others that are doing things that I want to do and setting up meetings and learning how to be responsible with other people's time because people's time is super valuable. And mm-hmm. you mess that thing up once you could slash and mess up a whole relationship. So yeah. like that, <laughs> learning how to be professional on that end and, and like being able to put yourself together in a way to where you could sell yourself, but people can actually like see that drive and ambition and that desire within you to, I mean, give up their time or resources or, or anything to go about helping you out. So it's something that's really developed and it's a, it's a skill for sure. For sure, for sure. So like with your, with your clothing brand, I know you focus on like plus size models and things like that. Why? Um, mainly because I, for the most part, I grew up like a plus size girl. Um, and I usually could not find clothing that like could fit me. I would go shop in the boys like clothing section for, you know, stuff. And I wanted to create um, clothing for people like me. I enjoy streetwear. I enjoy like t-shirts and stuff, but there wasn't many that catered to women specifically. Um, so I just really wanted to create something where women could feel seen and they could also find stuff that they felt cute and comfortable in. Um, so that's kind of why I focus on plus size. Although I do off, offer clothing for all sizes, my main focus will always be, you know, for the most part, plus size women, because I feel like there's, it's necessary for them to feel seen, especially in the world now, where even still, even though we've come a long way, it's still very, oh, you need to look this way, you need to be this size. Like, majority of the women in the United States are not a size two, so it's not right to just say, oh, you need to look like this, so... I just want to continue to empower and make people feel seen and represented and know that they can go out and like, you know, look cute and do whatever they feel, you know, they should do. (laughs) Yeah. So like a lot of your thing is like empowerment, inclusion, things like that. I'm just looking back at like our history, just from like being kids up till now, like what sparked this? Like what, like what sparked like this whole thing of like, uh, I want to empower and I want to make sure everybody's included and da 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 da. I mean, especially growing up where like we grew up like to where we didn't have 
we only knew like one side of the coin until we moved to a spot to where we got a whole perspective of everything. Yeah. So, I mean, for like those listeners are listening right now, we're from initially from like Los Angeles, Inglewood, somewhere in that area. South Central. South yeah. Central. Yeah. Same, same. It wasn't, it wasn't like the, the greatest neighborhood all the time. Like we had our fair share of stuff. Like we've seen, we've seen some stuff, <laughs> but like, our, our bubble was so limited then. So did you figure out like this whole thing of empowerment like over there or once we moved to like Inland Empire, Rancho Cucamonga area to where you're starting to get a whole variety of, of people and it's more so like inclusion from different races, different people, et cetera, things like that. Um, I think it's kind of a mix of both. It's kind of from us being out there and then from us moving, I kind of saw how different things were and I feel like, yeah, out here in, in the empire, it's more inclusion. And I don't know, how can I say this? Like, I could really sense the difference. And I feel like even in the LA area, even now, there's a need for that empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where my thing for empowerment kind of grew from. Because I would eventually love to go back and like help, you know, like the younger like youth out there and so they can get out of that bubble and see that there's more to the outside world yeah so i feel like that's kind of where the empowerment aspect of it grew from um and the inclusion part i think it just grew from me being different i've always been like a different quiet introverted person um and i just felt the need to kind of include people and show that like we are not all the same and it's okay so like we should show different versions of people from television entertainment and you know, whatever visuals now we have social media, like we need to show different versions of like people. Like even when we moved to the, in the empire from LA, so many people expected me to be loud and ghetto and all this stuff. And I'm just like, no, there's more than one version <laughs> like of a person from the hood. So it's, it was, that's kind of where it grew from too, because I got so many questions when we moved. It was just like, oh, have you ever been shot? Have you been to Compton? Why aren't you so loud? Why aren't you ghetto? And it's just like, there's more than just one version of a person and what you see on TV. So that's kind of also where that kind of need to show, you know, different types of people and inclusion kind of came from. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you now for sure. Cause I mean, I remember, I remember when we first got out there and first started school over at Rwanda and, everybody expecting you to act a certain way and then you get yeah, hit it's with like, like everybody's the, not like that yeah yeah they hit you with like oh my gosh archie's whitewashed da, 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 da. he pronounces his words and enunciates everything he doesn't act all crazy I'm like there's no point man I'm like i lived it i don't need to act a certain way i'm gonna act like myself yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right depending on this whole thing but like what hurdles have you actually gone through on your your chase to like obtain this purpose like what's like two or three pivotal hurdles that you had to overcome or setbacks that you're still learning from that you've that you experienced to this point um i think the main thing was me like not being confident in myself that was one big thing was me being like comfortable um in my abilities and also like in the way i viewed myself kind of like yeah. body wise um like I wasn't always comfortable with my body like I am now. So that in itself was kind of a hurdle and me getting out of my own way and realizing like it's okay not to look like everybody else. Um, so that was a big thing. And then also- how do, wait, 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 How'd you go about getting that confidence? Cause I feel like that's something a lot of like women would, I mean, they could learn something from yeah. like 
Um, I don't know. For me, it was it was a journey. I just randomly decided to start doing photo shoots for myself, and that really helped because um, I have like friends that are, that are photographers, and they were always like, "Just get in front of the camera, just get in front of the camera," and I would like kind of refuse. And then I eventually, in January of 2018, I was like, "Okay, whatever." Um, so I did a photo shoot, and that really just kind of helped boost my confidence a lot. Um, and then I just kept doing shoots after that. And I've probably done like what, four or five photo shoots just of myself. Yeah. And it's been like a huge confidence booster for me personally. It's like a liberating thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one thing that I did to kind of help boost my own confidence. Yeah, that was what was helpful for me. And like, while we're on this topic, like what advice would you give to women that may not be feeling like as confident, whether it's like body image, whether it could be something like maybe it's, um, like mental capacity, like not being as smart or not being like as cool or as funny or as good looking or da 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 as whoever they put up on social media. Like, what advice would you give to like that woman that'd be listening? Um, I would just tell them not to compare themselves to what they see. And like, we're all our different kinds of beautiful. Like there's no one mode that we have to fit into. So it's just really getting to love yourself. Like forget what you see on social media. Although like, yeah, it can be hard because we see these images constantly. But it's really just like affirming yourself and speaking positively to yourself um, and kind of going that way and realizing that we're all on our own journey. We all have our own flaws and differences and that like, you know, once you embrace them, nobody can really call you out on them because it's like, OK, I already know this. Like, What else are you going to tell me that can hurt me? So it's just like, you know, kind of, you know, becoming confident in yourself and not worrying about the outside world and what people might think or say and just like being confident in yourself like if you if you didn't have to worry about the outside world would you care about what you look like like kind of look at it that way so it's just like seeing that you know you're fine like your only competition or your only thing you should be comparing yourself is to your past self and trying to get better in whatever way that is if it's from a mental um capacity or physical or whatever it is just do what you can on your end to kind of better it that was deep. That was deep. I like that. Comparing yourself to your past self, that's the only person that actually matters. Yeah. And if you're not having growth in there, you're kind of just, you're not wasting your time, but you're kind of yeah. wasting time. And if you kind of compare yourself to somebody else, you don't know what they're actually dealing with yeah. based off of a picture. Because social media is so, it's Man. So you it's don't so fickle. highlight real. So you can't compare yourself to what they're doing or what they look like and all the surgeries and all the filters and all that yeah. stuff. You can't, you can't do no, it's fickle for sure. Cause like, I mean, I feel like anybody can attest to this. You have those people that post stuff on social media, but you know how their real life is like outside of that. And you're like, yo, like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. that's a real cool picture, but we just talked on the phone and you told me da 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 da. Like, I, like, yeah, social media is entertainment at this point. You can't really yeah. trust too much. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a TV show in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're playing this character, but behind the scenes, like, there's another real person behind it. Okay. No, I like that. That was good feedback by that one. Okay, so other hurdles, other hurdles, other hurdles that you experienced. Um, other hurdles were me. I pretty much for three years, I lost a job every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a big like hurdle for me. And because none of it was anything like because of my doing, um, like the first place was they lost their funding. It was a nonprofit. Um, the second place, the company filed for bankruptcy. The third place, they brought in new management and they brought their whole new team. So just constantly losing a job year after year kind of like put a toll on me. It was just like, okay, like you get into the place, it's like, okay, how long am I going to be here now? 
So it's just like having that thought in your mind of like, okay, nothing is really certain, nothing is stable. So that was like another big hurdle I had to deal with and kind of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's something I had to deal with. And the last time I lost my job um, was the time I decided like, okay, I'm just gonna bet on myself and do, you know, what I really wanna do. I have nothing to lose at this point because I see now that even nine to fives are not really stable in our economy and the way things are moving. So like I might as well just bet on myself and do, you know, what it is that I know I need to do and like to do. And I had a manager that actually hired me at my last job and she told me um, before she had left, she was like, you know what you're doing. She's like, you know your stuff. She's like, don't allow anyone to like intimidate you. Like you actually, you know your stuff, you're knowledgeable. And she just, that was really big for me and that really helped me. Um, once I left my last job, like what she said stuck with me. So it's crazy. Yeah, those people are those mentors that come in and like reassure you when you may not be feeling like the like the best or you know what you're doing. Because yeah. I was like one of the only like black women there as well. So she was just like, even though they might have went to college, they might have done this and done that. They're like, you actually know yourself. You actually research. You actually study what's going on. And so, yeah, she really like, just like affirmed me and gave me that reassurance that I kind of needed and didn't know that I would really need until I was let go. So. so, I mean, you talked about losing a job every year. And I mean, on this this whole podcast, it's about like how people discovered their purpose and how they went about like just chasing after it, obtaining it, et cetera. Right. So, I mean, what what about that last time you lost your job made you realize, all right, like, this is what I've been wanting to do, but I didn't want to step out on a ledge, but now like, screw it. I'm just going to bet on myself and just see what happens. Like what, um, what triggered that? I think what triggered it is that after I lost my last job, I, of course, I started applying for new jobs or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I was applying for all these other large companies as well. Um, I would get calls back, I would get calls back within something would randomly happen where they decided not to hire for that position. But I was just like, okay, if these large companies see value in me and they actually want to bring me on and bring me in, then I must know something. And I just saw them as, I saw the companies changing their direction as kind of like a sign for me to just start what I need to start in a way. I felt like Hold on, I can go back to my last jobs, actually. I feel like each time being let go was like God like telling me to like move because I know me being in there, I wouldn't have moved. So I feel like each time me being let go was like, okay, move, move, move. Like I got what I needed from those places and I could move on to what I needed to do. Yeah. And I felt like, yeah, I feel like that kind of pushed me into my purpose. Like I got into those positions, I gained the knowledge that I needed. I gained the connections that I needed. And from there, it's like, okay, you have what you need to start, you know, like what you need to do. I feel like that's kind of what led me to purpose was going through all those different situations, being let go, and then just figuring out my worth and what I knew and my abilities from there. I don't know if I answered the question, but. No, I mean, you, yeah. you hit the gist of it. I mean, it's the fact that like those specific things led to you figuring it out and how you said, you wouldn't have made that move or you wouldn't have actually like took that action towards what you wanted unless you went yeah. through those experiences. Like, yeah. And I think it's crazy how it is crazy how like that kind of stuff happens. Like you, you tend not to move and then like, yeah. yeah, you get comfortable and then 
I mean, depending on like your faith, belief, et cetera, I don't want to just sit there and throw it all out there, but for, for like other listeners, but like sometimes God will just sit there and make something happen and it's your choice. Like either you could lay down or you could make something happen. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you actually were able to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and like get, get it going yourself is crazy. I mean, especially like nowadays to where, I mean, betting on yourself is looked at as like taboo lot <laughs> so like it, it's actually really dope that you're you went through that whole process you learned from it and you didn't just stand stagnant because I mean you could have just stood stagnant and apply for a different job or just said well maybe next time well maybe next time mm-hmm. and while I'm saying that like why didn't you just say maybe next time like what made you what made you make that decision what to just bet on myself? Yeah, like what made like I know you said you have those different instances with the job, but I mean you could have went back and been stagnant, or you could have just did something different, like and just stay comfortable. Like what yeah. made you get uncomfortable and be like, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna do this. Like I don't care anymore. Um, I think the main thing you gave me a book, the growth mindset book, around that time when I was like applying for jobs. Carol Black. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading that and that really helped me to see like the situation as like not a bad thing. Like I could either just sit there and be like, you know, sad about the situation or I could take the situation and grow from it. So that's kind of what helped push me to be like, okay, like, yeah, this happened, but like you can keep, you can keep going. You can grow from the situation. Um, and I kind of use that as something to propel me forward instead of like stay stagnant. Yeah. So. For the listeners out there, that book is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I would get really sports psyche right now, but I, I don't want to. But it is really cool. Basically, just talking about having a growth mindset. It actually helps you reach uh, further levels of development. It helps you become a better person, a better individual, better father, daughter, mother, worker, just anything overall. By having that growth mindset, like you, you put yourself in a, a bracket above others. But I mean, with that whole aspect of having a growth mindset, there's a lot of there's a lot of fight on your end that you have to have in order to make that become a reality. So, I mean, it's a great book. I'd advise that for anybody who want to listen to it on Audible or read it. But yeah, I check it out if I was y'all. Not sponsored. I'm not sponsored. I'm not sponsored. But <laughs> I'm a sports psych person. Y'all know I got my master's in the in the field, and that book actually helped me out a bunch. So, if it can help y'all out, it's it's all good. Uh, <laughs> okay so we've been talking about a lot of stuff like on your end like what advice would you give to people who want to bet on themselves that are scared to do so that just they don't have the know-how like whether I mean specifically for like the, the fashion industry because I feel like there's a lot of people that want to try to crack in but people get intimidated because it's it's a difficult field to try to crack into mm-hmm. So, like, what advice would you give someone who's trying to get in there? Um, I would, first of all, say, like, just start. But, of course, have a vision, have a purpose for it. I feel like if you don't have a purpose, there's no reason for you to do it. If you're going in it just to make money, you're not going to stick with it. So make sure you actually have a purpose and a vision for what it is that you want to do. I would say get knowledgeable, actually, about the industry, how it works, um, see where things are moving towards, keep up with trend forecasting. Um, and I would say just bet on yourself. You don't need traditional education, I feel like, to start. Um, we have so many resources and things available to us now to where, you know, you can start with 
the most minimal knowledge. So I would just say start, have a plan, have a vision. Um, don't be worried about the fact that everybody is starting a clothing line. Like there's a customer out there specifically for you. Um, so know your niche and know who you're trying to reach. Um, and then just the most important thing is just to start. So. Yeah, that whole start thing is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, most people will sit and overthink and you're like trying to plan and plan and plan and you're planning for five years and you haven't done anything. So just, you don't have to have a perfect plan, just have a basic thing lined out and start and you make adjustments along the way, so. While you're on that whole thing of talking about starting, just want to say thank you for telling me to start when it came to this whole podcast thing because I was doing the same thing because I'm an overthinker and I like to make sure everything is perfect and in life nothing's perfect sometimes you just got to like go and squeeze the trigger and just see what happens so on that end thank you for telling me to start yeah. <laughs> um so I mean uh, something I wanted to just throw in there that I think would be super funny just because you know me pretty well and I kind of want to do this with guests on here that know me pretty well in general. Like what's, what's a question that you would ask me? Like if you were the interviewer, like ask, ask the interviewer a question, Inter interviewee to interviewer, what's a fun question you would like to ask? A fun question? It could be serious. It could be fun. I just, would just... Um, I don't know. I what do you think your purpose is? <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> um i think my purpose i mean i have it written down uh but i kind of know it by heart pretty much at this point um my purpose is to serve others uh specifically what i want to do is i want to work as an athletic director for a division one school one day to help student athletes uh, get a holistic overall view and picture of the real world because me personally, like, yeah, we were given a lot of things, but I really wish that they taught me how to do finances and taught me how to do interviews and to set up uh, a resume and all that other stuff that, I mean, college is great, but there's, there's areas that I wish were fixed specifically for like the student athlete population. And I know it's getting better now, so I don't want to just sit there and say that, but um just me personally i want to be able to do that and holistically have an experience to where student athletes are coached up on every single aspect of the real world before they leave so they're going to have that professional development they're going to have that that uh that mental aspect of figuring out okay how do i adjust and have that same passion i have within my sport within the the job arena and the job field uh, learning how to set up interviews, learning how to talk to people, learning how to make connections with others. Um, and just having a, a whole holistic deal to where like once they leave, it's not just a, oh snaps, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happens to student athletes a lot. It happens to, I mean, regular people and like in general, if those are just regular students, et cetera, or if you work in a job for a long time, which is why like I thought of this podcast because it was the whole thing of like, if I can give somebody a viewpoint from somebody that's lived through it, when they're trying to figure out their purpose, they're not just going to sit there and say, oh, man, how do I do this? Or just sitting there saying, what steps can I take? So that's that's what my purpose is. And I want to be able to do, like I said, I'm going to be an athletic director and I want to have my own practice to where I can help out just people in general, whether it's businesses, whether it's just regular people. Just I just want to help others, man. That's my, that's my thing. It's my, it's my niche. I'm a servant. Yeah. So that is my purpose. Yeah.
So what's up, Purpose Finders? Really hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you again, Joy, for giving us some of your time and hitting on those topics, Uh, whether it's becoming a self-starter, betting on yourself, or just learning the fact that, hey, I got to be comfortable in my own skin. You hit on some good stuff today, and I hope the listeners are able to pull and take some of that from it. Again, Purpose Finders, really appreciate you all giving me your time. I know you could have been spending it doing a whole lot of other things, and it means the world to me that you would spend some time listening to the guest, listening to what I'm kind of throwing out there. Uh, With that being said, though, thank you again, and I'll see you next week for episode three.